Hey everybody, Rob Sesternino here, and I wanted to tell you a little bit about what you're about to hear in this special presentation. This is a sneak preview of a new podcast that is coming to our Rehap Ups Network this fall, and we are launching for the first time some Survivor podcasts on our reality TV Rehap Ups Network. And today, you are going to hear the first episode of the RHAP B&B, and it's hosted by Mike Bloom and Liana Boris, and they are two people that I have for a long time wanted to hear about their weekly thoughts on the season of Survivor, and that is exactly what they're going to be doing here on the RHAP B&B. They are going to be bringing a version of like a Hollywood game night to Survivor, and I think that you'll be very excited to see what they come up with on a weekly basis. I am going to be their first guest, and so what you are hearing is a special presentation of their preview edition of the Survivor 35 season. Uh, Mike Bloom and Liana Boris on the new weekly podcast coming to Reality TV Rehab Ups, RHAP B&B. To make sure you don't miss it, you can either be subscribed to our Reality TV Rehab Ups feed or to our Survivor podcast feed. Both are available on iTunes. And before we get to Mike and Liana, let me just quickly tell you about our friends over at TrueCar. You know, there's something about TrueCar a lot of people don't know. Using TrueCar can help you buy a used car as well. In fact, there's over 700,000 pre-owned vehicles available from TrueCar certified dealers nationwide. Whether you're looking to buy new or used, you can get upfront pricing information that empowers discounts off the list price for used cars and a better buying experience through the TrueCar certified dealer network where you'll see what other people pay for the car that you want and you can know what a fair price is and you can feel confident with true car you can connect with a local certified dealer of your choosing and enjoy a quick and easy car buying experience with true car they will easily help you find the new or used car that you want best of all true car users save an average of over three thousand dollars off msrp so when you're ready to buy that new or used car visit true car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience some features are not available in all states and with that Hope you enjoy the new RHAP B&B podcast with Mike and Liana. everybody, and welcome to the RHAP B&B, a Survivor Fun and Games podcast. My name is Mike Bloom, one of the co-owners of this lovely new Survivor podcast. More on what that exactly means in just a little bit. But first, let me introduce you this uh, illustrious group that we have assembled today in the RHAP B&B. First off, you're going to hear her every week on this podcast. Uh, she is known for her coverage of Hunted in the past, Big Brother this past summer, and she's the biggest Sari Fields fan that I know. She is the B to my B. It's Liana Boris. Liana, how you doing? I'm great. I really hope that this podcast is going to be the cure for resting beach face because Lord knows we need that. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank God it's an only an audio medium. Now we were we every week we're going to bring on a, a third guest into the B&B as well. Someone from the RHAP or podcasting community. And we couldn't think of a better first guest than the man who literally puts the R in RHAP. Rob Sesternino, you were the first guest on the RHAP B&B. Welcome. Please sign the guest book. Yes, all I would like is for one day to have a placard up in this Airbnb to say, <laughs> Rob Sesternino podcasted here. 
<laughs> well, I, I don't know if the bookings would go up or down based on that, but I think we want the clientele that would uh, obviously want to stay due to that plaque. I think the signed sure. picture is key. Yes. Like what? Like a laundromat? <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, we should probably explain what the heck this is. As I said before, this is a, a brand new Survivor podcast in the weekly rotation. And as I mentioned, this is a survivor fun and games podcast where we're going for something that's a uh, light-hearted fun uh, a little quicker uh, rob does a great job of sort of running the gamut on analysis of every survivor episode with all of the great podcasts he does so we figured there was a room for another podcast in the weekly schedule let's do something that contains a lot of games a lot of segments uh, a lot of fun elements that are contained from this past episode so leon and i are going to come on here every week with somebody to run through all of the the crazy stuff that happened in this week's episode play some games we have some weekly segments going it's going to be a really fun time personally i am extremely excited to get to do this this is going to be so much fun we're going to play so many games and let's not bury the lead let's get into our first uh, first little segment i think you guys are setting the bar too high i think uh, you want to go in with low expectations and really then if you exceed them people will be very happy you should say like we'll have some fun We'll play some games, but you're really you're setting the expectations uh, way too high. If you can't deliver on that, people are going to be disappointed now. No, that's good. Let's set it up as as long as you don't cry listening to this podcast, then I think we've done our job. Yes. yes. No, no, it's a no grimace podcast here. I'll admit this does this does also feel weird at the outset hosting a podcast while Rob is the, the guest. It feels a little bit like the parent in like the empty parking lot when you're a teenager saying, you know what, you, you can drive the car around for a little bit. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And right. the first suggestion, most like most parents say when they're teaching their kids to drive, just don't cry. Go slow. Go slow. OK, we're not in a hurry. Everybody. <laughs> Well, I'm glad Cole lent us his Prius slash house for us to drive around uh, for this preseason podcast. But as Liana said, let's let's just jump into it. Let's get started with our first segment of the RHAP B&B preseason podcast for Survivor Heroes versus Healers versus Hustlers premiering next week. And of course, we're going to start with what's become part of the preseason thoroughfare for years at this point predictions uh now leon and i are going to do something pretty special with predictions uh we're just going to introduce it now because it's going to become a much larger element as the weeks progress but uh, leon and i are each going through the players and thanks to rob's stellar work with josh and the preseason interviews and josh's amazing work on both first one out and the hollywood reporter we have a lot of information to compile and analyze on these people we're going to write up individualized predictions about how we think these people are going to do whether it's pre-jury they make the jury they make the finale they're the winner what have you we're going to write up a prediction for each person and then we're going to seal it away we're going to blank it all out try not to remember exactly what we wrote and what's going to happen is week by week as somebody gets voted out every time on this podcast we're going to bring up what we specifically said about that person before this season and uh, compare and contrast how things happened. And uh, I, I can already imagine how incorrect we're going to be about basically everything that's going to happen in this person's survivor career. Right, Liana? Yeah, we're going to be incredibly wrong about so many things. I mean, to, like it, this is where the tears are going to come from. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, do you think it's it's dangerous territory for us to 
put our opinions out in the open and make it fresh in everyone's minds how wrong we are instead of just putting it out there in the preseason so people hopefully don't remember three weeks down the line. No, I love this idea. It's sort of the fortune cookie of podcasts and it's going to be very fun to hear you guys open this every single week. How detailed did you get in what you put on the envelope? We want to get as specific as possible for pure comedic potential so we can say like (laughs) this person will join up with this person, this person will get idled out. I think the more specific we go the better potential that we get things completely wrong or ironically correct okay (laughs) yeah really just going for the irony there are you predicting any medical evacuations well that leads greatly into our next segment we are going to award some preseason survivor superlatives liana do you want to explain this a little bit Right. So, you know, who doesn't love high school? Um, We're going to talk superlatives. So just to give an example, most likely to find an idol, most likely to flip. And uh, we're going to talk through who we think is most likely to do these things. All right. So, by the way, were either of you given any sort of superlatives when you were in high school at the time? Nope. (laughs) Rob, what about you? I ended up uh, being the co-class clown of my high school graduating (laughs) class. but. The more I think about it, I I think that they sort of were just doing it like for pity because I I think that I had wanted it and I had campaigned for it. But I think that somebody else had won it outright, but I worked on the yearbook and I think that they sort of like, well, okay, well, let's hook him up. And they made me co- uh, co-class clown with another guy and this girl. Well, as class clown, this is probably the situation where they're laughing at you, not yeah, with you. Maybe. So. It's unfathomable that it would be a tie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, an unprecedented tie vote within the high school system for class clown. It was a really highly contested electory period that time. Uh, so let's let's dive into the superlatives here for Survivor 35. Uh, we're, let's go around the horn and I'll give a category and let's see if we can each come up with a person that we feel might fit the category based on what we've seen so far from them. Who among the season 35 people are most likely to find an idol? Liana, who from you, from your perspective, is most likely to find an idol? Okay, well, my first thought was Joe. Obviously, if he's Tony 3.0, he'll find an idol. But here's my actual answer. I think Alan is going to find one by accident because he's so hungry. He's going to be out there foraging for food, trying to find any coconut or fruit he can find. And he is going to find the idol that way. I'm just like, hopefully he doesn't actually try to eat the idol because that would be dangerous. But I really think Alan is going to find an idol. All right, Rob, who do you think is most likely to find an idol? All right, so are we including the newly added uh, day one chicken idol into the mix here? (laughs) Are we talking about the person? That's what Alan's going to eat, the chicken idol. (laughs) The chicken idol. Okay, I'm going to go with the first person to find an idol is going to be Lauren. She's already good at uh, hunting around for crabs. I feel like that they got run in and out of little tiny holes on the beach. I feel like that she is already all set up to be the person who does this. Yes, Peter Harkey loving Lauren based on her ability to chase around tiny little holes. Uh, already the preseason favorite for him. Uh, I'm going to go with some because I remember thinking back to when you and 
and I talked, Rob, at the cast release about this idea that the idols clues are going to be painted on trees. I'm trying to think about like who's going to be just foraging around and looking for artwork, you know, among the uh, the foliage that might be able to lead them to an idol. And uh, I something stuck out in my mind in uh, Josh Wiggler's boy, Devin, talking about how he doesn't care if he make his trimates unhappy. He'll look for an idol no matter what. So I have a feeling, you know, Devin's got a little bit of like the, the J star at upside. J found an idol back in Millennials versus Gen X. So I'm going to go Devin here. Well, do you think Devin has the mental capabilities to do pattern recognition with the symbols? <laughs> I, listen, he's, he's smarter than he leads on. And who knows? Maybe he can like buddy up with somebody and, and they can, uh, you know, lead him in the direction where the shapes match up to what's on the tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just imagine Devin playing that like child's game where you try to put the like circle through the circle hole, <laughs> like the square through the square hole. Well, that's that, that's he, that's that uh, challenge that Laura Moret kicked butt in during Survivor Samoa. So that might be a uh, Devin's kryptonite when it comes to the individual portion if he makes it there. All right, let's move on to our second superlative here: most likely to flip. So, Rob, who do you think among these castaways is going to be the most likely to flip on their alliance? I would have to say that Ryan Ulrich seems to me like the person uh, who I could see everybody yelling at him at one point and being the person to uh, flip against his group. Nobody else uh, really jumps out at me as having uh, that characteristic. I, I think he would not be afraid to pull the trigger on something like that. Now, would this invite the Cochrane comparison once more? He seems to do that a lot. Yes. He also said that he would try to do anything he could to not remind players of a uh, specific winner, whether it's Cochrane or Adam Klein. So maybe he decides not to do it. But I definitely think that it could be something uh, in his bag of tricks. As long, well, it's not going to be a rock. We know that if he's rock averse, if he's going to follow the Cochrane story. I, yes. I, Ryan stood out to me as well. The other person I could see is possibly Mike kind of falling into that similar mm. space. Although I don't know if he'll last long enough to have the yes. opportunity to flip. <laughs> So we'll see how that goes. It's going to have a, a Glenn Garcia moment. I would have flipped on all of them, Rob. I was, I was I had this game on lock. It's always mm -hmm. the coconuts. It's just those damn coconuts. That's damn where they had coconuts. the idols. I couldn't find them. Uh, I'm, I might go with a surprise pick here. Uh, I don't know. Something about Chrissy just tells me that she can totally be someone to, you know, be a mom in front of your face, but then totally stab you in the back of need be because she is a fan of the show. She is very motivated in her career and her real life. So I could definitely see if she sees a better path forward for herself. She can absolutely, you know, leave her allies in the dust. Yes. Well, if they still believe that she is actually 39. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yes, 39-year-olds do not flip. There was an age dust joke there, but I, I'm not smart enough to think of it. Well, hopefully yeah. we'll have many weeks moving forward to talk about Chrissy. And then you can come up with your age dust joke then, Liana. <laughs> Liana, do you think that she's going to be able to pull that off, 39 instead of 46? I mean, it's really not that much of an age difference. I just think, you know, lying about stuff to, you know, agree with, I think what a lot of people have said, just lying unnecessarily i think that she might get caught up right because then your whole story of your life has to shift right it's like oh when i was oh no you know not 20 i was actually uh 14 you know so but she's um, good with numbers she's an actuary true. she's an actuary yeah maybe she'll be able to count or do uh you know subtract seven from all of her ages but we'll see we'll see how it goes 
All right, let's move on to our next superlative here. Rob, you highlighted it before. Most likely to be medevac. Now, you know, prank to the survivor gods. It's been two seasons since we've had uh, the Korong triple evacuation. So we haven't seen anyone leave the game since then. But you never know in the harsh elements. Liana, who do you think is most likely to get medevac? Okay, so obviously we don't want this to happen. And the first person, I mean, who pops into your head, like, how is it not Patrick? I mean, I think if this guy could try to vote out the sun, he would. Like, he, this guy really does need the eclipse. If he could be like, ah, come back. <laughs> come back, moon. Um, although, I just, I can't, I just, I thought of this, I have to say it. I think Lauren is going to get medevaced because she goes through horseshoe crab blood withdrawal. <laughs> I think it's going to happen. Well, they have a transfusion on site. <laughs> <laughs> well, she'll be out there hunting for idols and crabs, so maybe she'll be okay. <laughs> what do you think, Rob? Boy, this is tough. Um, I will go in the beast mode cowboy mold and I'll say, how about Alan? That sometimes mm. we see mm. these medical evacuations end up going. It's a person that is actually looks like that they'd be very strong and fit out there, but then they try to do too much or they're like doing a lot in the challenges and they get hurt. So. I'll go with Alan going on to uh, this week's injury report. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, he was already very sweaty in the his photo, as Nicole yes. pointed out. So <laughs> he's feeling that heat already. <laughs> Can you be medevac for being hangry? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had yet. Uh, not yet. Exactly. But there's still survivor history to be made. Uh, so I had Patrick and I had Alan on my list. But when I heard Simone say the one piece of advice she took before coming out on the island was to drink the water no matter what. <laughs> That's a little bit of a warning sign for me. Now, there nobody, not everyone is a Sioux Hawk or a Rudy Bosch that could just drink unfiltered water. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what uh, Simone's immune system is like, but there's a good chance it may be compromised if she decides to just go for that disgusting water the first day. <laughs> You know, uh, back when I was in uh, Fiji, you know, I would drink the water and it had uh, dead bodies floating in it. And, uh, you know, that was better than this. So we'll see. <laughs> All right, let's move on here. Who do we think is most likely to get a purple edit? Now, let me just preface this by saying we hope nobody gets a purple edit. These are all really fun people. We, we want to see them all in their best capacities all the time on the show. But that being said, there's often some times where people get the short end of the stick in terms of the edit bay. Rob, out of these 18 contestants, who do you think is the most likely to get a purple edit? Most likely for the purple edit. I think just based on uh, Josh's reporting from Fiji, I'll go with John Purple JP Hilsebeck. <laughs> <laughs> the boy is white bread, like the definition <laughs> of white bread. White bread, and, white, white bread and things like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and also to be purple you get the sense also that you're probably not like an extrovert and being extra in your confessionals josh had said that he was the one person when they were like filming videos he's like do, do i have to do this do i have to be here do i have to be on camera so he's not going to be seeking it out i don't think he necessarily cares about the airtime so i'll go with uh purple hill Sebeck. Oh, man, I, that's I, he's the only person that I could see getting the purple edit. Well, not the only one, I guess I the can P maybe stands see. for purple. <laughs> oh, man, I, at least there's no purple tribe. So he was like already wearing the proper outfit. Um, 
I, I mean, maybe Ashley, I could see her like we think she's going to be charismatic, but then she goes two episodes with zero confessionals. And then all of a sudden gets four and you're like, oh, this is her boot episode. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I might go with Ashley on this one. <laughs> No tea, no shade, Rob. I might go with Jessica here just because what? I, I, I think Uh-oh. I think she's a total sweetheart. But the thing is, I feel like she might be the case where there are so many bigger personalities around her that she might get smaller screen time as a result. And she could totally be one of those people, uh, your Julia Sokolowski's who like are not that visible in the beginning. But then once the middle game comes around, she'll come to more prominence. But that's what I'm seeing for her at the moment. Rob is disappointed in you. I'm disappointed in you, Mike. I thought you knew better. <laughs> Oh boy! Do, do, can I do I not use the car anymore? Did I lose did, privileges? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. All right, put it in park. <laughs> put it in park. Get out. Let's switch seats. Put it, put it in Rourke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to our final superlative on that horrible pun-filled note. Uh, the complete opposite of our previous per- superlative. Who is most likely to get a hashtag? Now, Rob, you and I one year ago tried to draft her who we thought would get the mm-hmm. most hashtags out of Survivor Millennials versus Gen X. We were kind of way off the mark on that one. <laughs> right. Uh, so maybe we can fare better here. Rob, who do you think out of this group is most likely to get one of those famous sought after on screen hashtags? Well, it's tricky because you are trying to predict people that are going to say wacky things or have catchphrases, but also you're trying to predict longevity. So you could predict a person that has like, three catchphrases in the first episode but then if they're out on episode two that doesn't help you too much i am going to go with a person i think that has longevity and then uh based on the hashtag slap and tickle from uh, the interview we listened to on the podcast that josh recorded i will go with ben drebergen Mm, yeah that he feels like he's gonna be a soundbite machine I can see that. I I think I'm going to go with the person maybe, Rob, you were thinking of. I mean, Katrina is going to say some crazy stuff. Like she <laughs> yeah. will she will say kooky things. So does she I have think, longevity, though? That's oh, the no. thing. It's no, a no. Risk, high risk, high reward. <laughs> that's what I'm going for. That's me. So, uh, yeah, Katrina is my pick for sure. And I'm going to go with because uh, I, I think you could also go for someone like a Dr. Mike who like could provide some great sound bites, but again, might be a little higher risk in terms of longevity. So I'm going to go with someone who I think can do pretty well. And also, uh, you know, if her bio is any indication, she is sure to be uh, a quip machine. I'm going to go with Rourke here and hopefully, you know, Rourke will pick. have yeah, that uh, that Hannah Shapiro esque quality of being able to create new vernacular in the tribal council setting. I like it. She's going to say, I'm going to put this game into Rourke. (laughs) Thank you for pitying me, Rob, and giving that more play. (laughs) Yikes, this is only our first show. This is going to be rough. Okay. All right. Okay. So we've had some fun, uh, but now let's play some games. So we're going to play our first game of the show. It's called <laughs> Who Said What? And Rob, you're going to be playing against the house or the B&B, uh, Mike in this case, and he's going in blind. He hasn't seen any of these questions, Okay. but I will be asking you questions from the bios of the Survivor Triple H castaways. Now, I know Nicole thinks that you learn nothing from these bios, which is good yes. because this show should not be educational. So mm-hmm. your goal is to guess the correct answer from three possible options rob are you ready to play who said what yes all right first question what did lord patrick bolton say was his biggest pet peeve when someone doesn't hold a fork correctly and eats like a caveman any and all can openers they just don't work pay me my money when it's due hmm 
What was the second one again? The second one was any and all can openers. They just don't work. Hmm. I know that's somebody's pet peeve. Uh, maybe you're throwing me off by giving me one that's not Patrick's, but I know that's in somebody's bio, so I'll go with B, the can opener. It is. That was Jessica who said that ah. the can opener is just <laughs> Very work. tricky. Very uh, tricky. Th- <laughs> these are also, all of these are actually from other Survivor Castaway bios, so this is a okay. little tricky, but yes. It, uh, uh, Mike, do you have an answer? Oh, wait, I gave, oh, well, <laughs> first show. Well, first I, I, show. I, do, I do have an answer. I don't know if this will count if I okay. get a steal, but I do believe it's uh, eating with a fork and uh, or eating like a caveman, essentially, because I remember writing a joke in my uh, parade meet the castaways about how he wouldn't like Bobby John. So that sticks out in my head. <laughs> you are both wrong. What? Pay me my money when it's due. <laughs> <laughs> well, this so, has gotten off to a great start. Yeah, this yeah. is good. We're doing real well. This game is no walk in the rourke. <laughs> Oh, no. All right. Question number two. What did Joe say was his reason for going on Survivor? One, clearly there's something wrong with me. Two, mo money, baby. Three, if you're not first, you're last. Hmm. Do either of you have an answer? Let's, uh, Mike, you give us your answer first. I'm really, I'm really drifting towards B because in Josh's interview with him, he was all about, you know, steal the bag or whatever those, that three word phrase was. And he said he's basically there for the money and nothing else, including the cameras. So I, I'm, I'm wondering if you're tripping me up with that, but I'm going to go with my gut and say B. Leona, could you, could you confirm which cast member are we talking about? Joe. Tony Joe. 3.0. Okay. Um, what was the first one again? Yeah, the three options are clearly there's something wrong with me. Mo money, baby. If you're not first, you're last. I'll go. Well, that sounds like Ricky Bobby. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, am I allowed to say the same as, yeah, yeah, yeah. as Mike? Yeah. yeah, I'll go with B. That's what I would say. Okay. Yes. Ding, ding. You're both correct. The if you're yeah. not first, you're last. Also Ricky Bobby. But Ashley gave that as her answer in one of in her bio. Mm-hmm. Okay. Question number three. What did Ryan say was one of his three items he would want to bring to the island? One, calteen bars, because butter isn't a carb. Two, a giant box of Legos for endless possibilities of fun. Or three, a McDonald's shamrock shake, because they're seasonal. So any opportunity I have to get one, I have to take. Hmm. Well, we, we know that Cole, is, I think, is Mr. Lego. So that eliminates one. I'm going to go with the shamrock shake. Rob? Yeah, I feel like that the <laughs> shamrock shake is the way to go on this even though it's a pretty disgusting drink and um i would not drink one of my own uh choice if i had one yes you're both correct it was the mcdonald's shamrock shake thankfully he also didn't say the mcrib because i feel like that would have also been a disgusting answer also seasonal though also seasonal yes that's yes, very it's more sporadically seasonal though mm-hmm. <laughs> all right final question who said the survivor contestant they were most like was ty trang Ryan, Chrissy, or Katrina? I, I'm, I'm going to say Chrissy on this one because I think I remember her saying something about how she liked that he didn't give Scott the super idol. <laughs> and yeah. Rob? 
I, well, I, I'm going to have agreement with Mike, but I think it's for different reasons. I feel like that they left and they went to go play the season at a time where it was like, boy, Ty just found another idol. He's amazing. So I think that Ty starts off these seasons really well. So if you only watch like the first like four or five episodes of a season, you think that Ty is uh, pretty much amazing. And then as the days goes on, uh, it, they begin to <laughs> sort of like wear him down more. So I think that uh, I will go with Christy as well. Yes, Chrissy is correct. You're both tied, so this was a great game. <laughs> just like Rob's <laughs> class clown superlative. We right. just... <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll see Chrissy bond with a chicken as well. So, all right, yeah. that uh, well, that was fun. <laughs> well, speaking of ties, that is a, that deals in the realm of fashion, and through that poor segue, we're going to move into our next segment here. Something we're going to do on a little bit of a recurring basis here on the B and B called buff or snuff uh those of you that may follow the rupaul's drag race uh, youtube videos boot or toot it's a little bit of a survivor fashion watch where uh, essentially we're gonna go through some of the castaways looks and give them either a buff which is a thumbs up or a snuff which is a thumbs down and uh, for those of you that listen to the drag race podcast and know how fashionably inept i am uh this is gonna be a really fun segment surely so uh we're gonna go through some of these outfits and we'll each give a buff or a snuff to uh, some of these preseason photos that we've seen from people rob are you excited to be able to judge people's outfits Oh, yeah, that's pretty much uh, what I am best suited to yeah. do is give people fashion advice. That's your wheelhouse, right? <laughs> that's right in my wheelhouse. Yeah. All right. There's no plaid. Sorry, Rob. Yes, unfortunately, uh, no plaid. There were there were some people that, you know, uh, definitely sucked the RHAP kneecap, but nobody went so far as to wear plaid. All right. Well, I think we should start with probably the most talked about fashion item uh, among this preseason cast. Let's talk about Ryan Ulrich's red turtleneck. Liana, buff or snuff Ryan's turtleneck? There's a there's a joke. It's like wearing I, I think this is Mitch Hedberg, but it's like uh, wearing a turtleneck is like being strangled by a really weak dude. And so that's all I can think about whenever I see Ryan's turtleneck. I, I get that there are bugs. I get that it's going to be cold, but that thing is going to be hot. So I want to uh, I want to buff it, but I think I'm going to snuff it. Mm. All right. Rob, buffer snuff. I think that I'm missing the backstory here on the red turtleneck. Does he always wear a turtleneck in real life? And that's sort of like his signature. Did it, I, I don't get the sense that, you know, uh, CBS casting came to him and said, okay, Ryan, you'll be wearing the turtleneck this season. So I don't know how this came up. Perhaps he's like one of these people that is like really scared of the bugs and it's like, okay, well, I'm going to get eaten alive out there. So let me go for coverage here. And that's going to be the move. I, I don't think that he'll necessarily, uh, but, you know, if it gets hot and, and you're outside, you just take it off. And then it's nice to have like the extra clothing for nighttime. So I will say just for the utilitarian purpose of it all, I will say that it is buff. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of in the same line with you, Rob. I feel like it has a bunch of purposes. If he wants to uh, cosplay like he's at the Survivor Country Club, he can, you know, tie it around his shoulders. If they happen to need an extra tarp, they'd be able to use that as well. It's a little bit like Linus's blanket, if you will, and that it has uh, a myriad of purposes. And I, I can't help but admire the fact that he looks like the cover of a 90s R&B album produced by the whitest artist alive. So I'm going to buff it. Can you imagine, though, your shtick is a turtleneck? You'd be like, hey, it's me, the turtleneck guy. 
<laughs> you know, I'm looking at a picture of him though on his Twitter bio, and he is wearing indeed a gray <laughs> turtleneck. <laughs> well, that could thing. be that maybe, might be his thing. Maybe he's proud of like the length of his neck, and so he wants to really show because I think that's like the difference between a turtleneck and a sweater, right? Is that the neck is covered, unless there's maybe something he doesn't want to show on his neck. Yeah, that's oh. entirely possible. Yeah, oh, that man. is possible. You, I, I don't know. Like, just like Lynn Spillman's in there during casting. Be like, you know what we need this season? The turtleneck guy. <laughs> really need to bring in that turtleneck crowd. <laughs> right. That's right. I read a scary story once when I was a kid about like that there was a, like a woman that always wore like a scarf around her neck. And then uh, one day that finally they got her to take it off. And it was that she had gotten like some sort of like a head transplant and had like a scar around her neck. Oh, man. Maybe he's also worried about vampires. That's true. He's worried about the the Fijian vampires are very prevalent this time of year. Uh, Let's move on to our next piece here. We're going to Katrina's tie dye look. Rob, looking at Katrina's tie dye, give it the buff or the snuff. You know, I am trying to find a picture of it. Is she wearing it in her CBS bio? I can slip it to you right now. Well, it's very Rupert. I'll say that right now. I don't know if that's the look that anybody should be going for, uh, the uh, Boneham adjacent look, but it does conjure images of sort of like peace and love. So it does send a message, but I kind of feel like that it is already uh, been there, done that for Survivor tie dye. So I have to snuff it. See, I think this is one of those situations where it's it's been far enough since Rupert played that now it's fashionable again. So I think with the choker and the tie dye, I like this look. I think I'm going to buff it. This feels like a project runway challenge where you're given an inspiration. In this case, it's like model your wear off of a survivor contestant and someone's like, oh, I don't know. I got Rupert. I guess I better just put tie dye on it. Uh, that being said, I think I think she she feels it out. Well, I, th- I think it does say very Katrina. I think, you know, even just looking at the dress, I'm sure people can make a lot of assumptions about her and her personality. So so I'm going to buff it personally. I'm going to buff it. Do you think she's more likely to be voted out because of it? <laughs> kind of feel like, I don't know, the woman wearing the crazy tie dye. That's easy. If that's the case, and this would be, uh, you know, the past two times people have worn tie dye, they've been voted out first or at least been been sent out of the game first in the case of Rupert on BVW. <laughs> it's not working. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a terrible, terrible correlation. All right, let's move on to... Are next now this one uh, is a little unorthodox it's not necessarily a, a fashion necessarily it's more of an accessory i don't know if people notice this but uh the aforementioned ben Drebergen has a has an interesting tattoo on his leg specifically he has tattoos everywhere as people have pointed out uh but an interesting tattoo on his leg in particular liana do you want to describe it further okay this one came to my attention because i couldn't stop staring at it in his video ben's got a lot of cool tats he has an awful one so this i guess gives away my answer on his leg i definitely snuff this it kind of reminds me of like a, a an art student who like just started learning and like didn't quite get it, it it's very one-dimensional i'm i'm not about it i snuff ben's tattoo now could we get a description of what this is mike so it appears to be from my best estimate uh a a, a woman 
not unlike what you might see on the, the mud flap of a truck uh, mm-hmm. in a very nice dress, uh, just sort of like posing <laughs> for this non-existent camera. It seems to be on the inside of his left leg. Yeah. Uh, she also appears to be wearing some sort of a hat, and uh, it also looks like a green hat and a very, uh, very, very short, uh, barely there dress. Now, do we know, is this Mrs. Dreebergen? <laughs> if so, I feel bad for her. Well, which Mrs. Dreebergen would it be, though? Well, <laughs> okay. I doubt it's his mom. Well, there, no, he has, he's been married twice. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we can get some clarification on that. I think if it's the first one, I think that the second one says, okay, we need to tattoo more on the bottom of that hemline. Mm. <laughs> Just give us some, some constructive feedback for your tattoos. Is that part of the, uh, the deal? I'll marry you, but you need to clean up these tattoos. Right, right. I think that we need to at least get to the thigh with the green dress on the leg. <laughs> All right, Rob, are you buffing or snuffing this tattoo? Um, you know, I don't know the backstory. I feel like that Denise Stapley has told me that tattoos uh, tell us a lot about a person. So until I hear the story of why he got it, if he says one day, oh, man, I was just wasted and uh, I don't even know what this is, <laughs> then I will snuff it. But until that time, I will reserve my judgment and I will buff it. Yes, I remember that lost episode where we all learned that tattoos have their stories. Uh, it was a yes. quite the episode. Uh, Character building. So th- this is definitely uh, speaking towards my age, but I remember the Nickelodeon show The Adventures of Pete and Pete, where yes. uh, the younger Pete had a tattoo of a woman on his arm for a completely nonsensical reason because it was the 90s. So this harkens back to those days of yore for me. So just purely for nostalgic purposes, I'm going to buff the tattoo as well. Yes, and that might be what the current Mrs. Dreebergen's instructions were to buff the tattoo, <laughs> and that's why Ben needs the money. Take that buff sand belt sander to that tattoo. Let's get rid of it. All right, let, let's move back to the fashion here. Let's move on to something that you and I talked about a little bit, Rob, when we first previewed the cast. Let's talk about Devin's rather low-riding swimsuit. Rob, mm-hmm. are, you, are you buffing or snuffing this? Oh, uh, I have to say that I am team snuff on uh, this one. Uh, let's look. We get it. Uh, you're a surfer. Uh, you know, let's uh, not get blurred before the season starts. Uh, I respectfully disagree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just excited for when he starts to lose a little bit of weight and then that thing just slides right off. Uh, I, what what I thing are you this. talking about? Well, I don't know. There are a lot of attractive women on his uh, on his tribe, so maybe his swimsuit will stay up. But uh, I, uh, I I like this. I'm I'm a buffet. I'm here for it. I'm just one. Okay, so you are ready for the Devin exposed party? Oh, <laughs> absolutely. We're going to be throwing parties all fall. Hashtag Devin exposed party. Yes, a different type of Twitter will be trending on hashtag Devin exposed party. <laughs> I'm just I'm just intrigued by the choice of it. Is it like when you know back in the 90s and the early 2000s, kids used to wear their pants really baggy because that was the style at the time? Is he like bringing this over from that culture, or is he more so just just sort of like a roll? I rolled out of bed and only sort of tied the elastic on my uh, on my swimsuit. Maybe you had to borrow somebody else's bathing suit. No, that's true. <laughs> it's the 90s theme cast. I'm just excited for when he puts it on backwards. He's like, yeah, I'm crisscross. <laughs> oh, this is a tough one. 
Uh, I also just can't stop staring at him. Uh, that's that's besides <laughs> wow. the point. Um, I guess the survivor you press. Josh is, yeah, the survivor press is falling in love with Devin one step <laughs> at a time. Uh, but you know what? I'm I'm gonna have to to snuff it for now uh just because it's, it's a bit of a safety hazard you know like sandra said we don't want his dingling getting caught on a vine should it happen during a challenge so for liability's sake i'm gonna snuff it respectfully okay. it's very nice of you to consider the liability of Devin's swimsuit <laughs> yes all right we'll finish things up here with our last swimsuit let's talk about simone's camo swimsuit liana buff or snuff simone's camo well, I first saw her picture and I was like, where's Simone? I can't see her. <laughs> She's wearing camouflage. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I like it. I think it's cute. Uh, I don't think I would wear it. Um, I don't think it's going to provide much camouflage when you're out there. Like, just a prediction. She really needed to go with a blue camouflage because then she would blend in with the ocean. Uh, but you know what? I'll buff it. I like it. Mm-hmm. Rob, what about you? I like it. I think it's reminiscent of Survivor Palau in my mind. And also it is one of the easier bathing suits to keep looking clean. If you get dirt on it, nobody will really be able to tell. And uh, maybe with that camouflage, maybe she could be even hiding an idol on her person and you wouldn't be able to see it. So I will buff it. Yes, uh, that's a, I'm, that's actually the exact reason why I have a camouflage car. Mm-hmm. Keep dirt off of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't see it. Yeah, I, I, actually, this might be a, a, a conspiracy theory that she's wearing the unused Palau merge buff as her bathing suit. She was able to <laughs> get into planetbuff.com, sent it to her special. And also, it's also interesting in that, you know, she's wearing the camo. She wants to drink the microbe infested water. Does Simone just want to be Rudy Bosch at this point? Could, could we think <laughs> about this? Well, hopefully she doesn't make similar comments in this day and age. But uh <laughs> I could see it. You know, uh, I was a diversity advocate, uh, too. (laughs) Oh, boy. Jobs that Rudy should not have in the world. Um, uh, Respectfully so. But even just due to that Rudy connection, I'm going to buff it. So three buffs for Simone in her camo suit. And we will hopefully have many more opportunities to bring this fashion watch about as the season commences. But for now, Liana, we have another game, right? That's right. We've talked clothing. Now let's talk casuals. We're going to play a game called Casuals Corner. Uh, Rob, again, you'll be playing against the B&B. This time we'll be alternating questions. And what I've done is I've pulled comments from the Elusive Survivor Facebook page from two major preseason posts. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you four comments. Three are real and one I wrote. So it's up to you to guess the one that I wrote. Are you ready to play Casuals Corner? Now, does, does Rob have an Woo! inherent advantage? Because admittedly, this is his game that we sort of mimeographed over from the uh, the original show. So maybe he has an advantage in that he's he's seen the Facebook page more so than I have. Oh, yeah. This but, is shamelessly stolen from voicemails. That's fine. That's fine. Um, <laughs> nobody puts casuals in a corner, though. That's my <laughs> only complaint. All right. Well, uh, yeah, we'll go on this uh, wonderful Rourke together. So <laughs> first... Rob, this is your question. <laughs> We're going to talk casuals favorites. <laughs> so number one, bring back Russell. He was the most entertaining survivor ever. Number two, who was that pale guy? Cochran? I don't like him. Number three, fans. Who's your favorite survivor player? 
Mine are Ozzy, Boston Rob, and Sarah, the last winner. Number four. How come they no don't ever get that. any old crusty people like Rupert anymore? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So am I looking to find which is the real one or which is the one that you three, wrote? So three of them are real. One of them I wrote. You're looking to find the one that I wrote. Okay. And none of them were especially popular. They were just that, that three right. lunatics posted yes. these things on a Facebook page. Which one is the, is the fake one? Right. Which one was written by this fourth lunatic? <laughs> <laughs> right. Can I hear it one more time? Yes. Number one. Bring back Russell. He is the most entertaining survivor ever. Hmm. Number two. Who is that pale guy? Cochran? I don't like him. Number three. Fans. Who is your favorite survivor player? Mine are Ozzy, Boston Rob, and Sarah, the last winner. Number four. How come they don't ever get any old crusty people like Rupert anymore? Yeah, I can't see a casual saying that uh, their favorites are Ozzy, Boston, Rob, and Sarah. And it's also structured weird. Why are they asking a question to the other people? I'll, <laughs> I'll say I think that's the fake one, Liana. That is incorrect. It uh, was, who was that pale guy? Cochran? I don't like him. <laughs> All right. Nice try, Rob. Now we're moving on now, to Are they saying Ryan Ulrich is the pale guy? That's Cochran? Or they're just like, uh, who, hey, who was that pale guy? Could be Patrick. Cochran, yeah, I didn't like him. Look, none of these make sense. Okay, so I tried to channel my best casual and write something that didn't make sense. All right. Okay, Mike, this question is for you. Now we're going to talk uh, casuals cast assessment. Number one, Devin reminds me of a Labrador retriever. Number two, whoever the ginger is, I look forward to rooting for that ginger. <laughs> Number three, not a single man bun. What a fail. Number four, one of these days, they'll pick me to be the token, slightly overweight, pale guy. Ooh, I mean, number four speaks to so many people. Uh, <laughs> the, the third one, which uh, the third one is interesting to me. I'm, I'm between like the second and the third. Can you read the first three again? Yes. Number one, Devin reminds me of a Labrador retriever. See, that just sounds like too funny to not be true. <laughs> number two whoever the ginger is i look forward to rooting for that ginger mm -hmm. and number three not a single man bun what a fail see the, the thing that i'm caught on is I, I mean i guess ozzy had a man bun but i feel like it's been a while since we've really had big man buns not since you know joey amazing has the man one become that popular on survivor so i feel like that's the casual the, the fake casual comment <laughs> that is incorrect. It is Devin oh. reminds me of a Labrador retriever. <laughs> I, I was the same thing. Mike. I was pretty sure Kim Spradlin wrote that one. <laughs> I just like I look forward to rooting for that ginger. Yeah, that's why I feel like the the terminology of that ginger was could not have been fabricated. No offense to your writing style, Liana, but that yeah, just sounds well. too quirky to not be true. <laughs> Yeah, I had a hard time doing spelling mistakes and grammar errors, but uh, I don't know. It could also be offensive. So hopefully, you know, Simone didn't write that. But uh. mm -hmm. OK. All right, Rob, moving on to you. Now we're going to talk casual thoughts on the name and theme. OK. Number one. I bet they liked it. <laughs> Number one. Lol. Where my <laughs> cursor was, I thought it read the herpes healers and hustlers. Hmm. Number two. I expected the hustlers to be more edgy. Like strippers, pool sharps, carnies, motivational speakers. 
<laughs> Number three, bring back red collar versus white collar versus blue collar. Number four. I mean, technically, they did bring back a red (laughs) collar (laughs) shirt. Red neck versus no neck. (laughs) All right. And finally, number four. Why is everyone half naked? Dot, dot, dot. New show name. Dot, dot, dot. Surviving half naked. Dot, dot, dot. Lol. Hmm. So one started with lol and one ended with lol. (laughs) Yeah. And the second one uh, with the uh, fake spelling error seems like that that has to be authentic the could you repeat the third one liana yes number three was bring back red collar versus white collar versus blue collar can't see anybody saying that (laughs) yeah i'll I'll go with uh, i think that's the made up one all right ding ding that's correct i was so proud of red collar Uh, (laughs) i i love the second one just because it was what it was like strippers pool sharks carnies and motivational speakers one of those is not like the other whatsoever i know obviously you mean the pool sharps yes the pool (laughs) sharps get out of there don't consort with those deadly motivational speakers they're up to no good they're just so edgy (sighs) motivating people Okay, uh, now, Mike, this question is for you. <laughs> We're going to talk casual thoughts on returning players and Big Brother. Oh, 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 okay. On the Survivor page? <laughs> yeah. Okay, number one. Any return players? I hope the heck not. Number two. I like vets. Russell was robbed. Mm-hmm. Number three. Are they bringing back vets? I sure hope not. I'm so over it. The Paul show will officially end tonight. Thank God. Number four, Big Brother is for high schoolers. Y'all should be ashamed if you're grown and watching that idiotic show. I like how the last two are not about this show whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) But these actually sound the most, uh, this sounds the most true because it does make sense that people might wander onto a different CBS reality page and start writing about it. Read the first two (laughs) off again. Number one, any return players? I hope the heck not. Number Mm. two, I like vets. Russell was robbed. This, I'm, it's a, a Rafe's choice because the first one has the spelling error. Russell Hans or Russell from Big Brother 11? Uh, well, Russell Carews assume. was robbed. <laughs> he was ronned by Ronnie. Bring uh, it back. Yeah, Russell more ronned Ronnie. Uh, I, I would say it's tough because the first one's a spelling mistake, but the second one is an actual opinion that casuals may hold. But I'm, I'm going to go with the second one is the fake. Ding, ding. That's correct. Yes. Russell was robbed. Although there were a lot of bring back Russell. So it's not a stereotype. It's true. They write these things. Okay. So uh, I have one more question. So what we'll do is both of you will write down your answer. This will be the tiebreaker. Okay. Um, And then you can reveal your answers after. So now we're going to talk to the people on the streets. Number one. Yes. Wednesday, which is also Brian's birthday. (laughs) Number two. I can't wait until it starts. I've been watching the show since 1999. I am a true fan. Love Jeff. He is such good looking. Love Victoria from Montreal, Canada. I don't know if Montreal's in a different uh, year, but I believe the show started in 2000. (laughs) No one knows how time works. Okay, number three, at Eric Thomas. I'm currently out of the country. I'll be back October 4th. 
Don't tell me what happens. Smiley face emoji. Number four. Why doesn't Jeff ever interview us people on the streets anymore? Hmm. Okay. All right. I got mine. All right. I will go with uh, number four. Don't think that Jeff Probst ever actually interviewed people on the streets. I don't know why anybody would assume that they did or why that interview slot would be open. I will go with number four. Rob, our (laughs) co-winner slot will continue to be occupied because I also picked number four. (laughs) Ding, ding. That's correct. Actually, I wrote that one as a like, well, you know, this one will be pretty obvious. And plus, like these comments were ridiculous. I was like, oh, no, at Eric Thomas, currently out of the country. Um, So, yes, that one uh, that one was a fun one. There was one comment that I couldn't figure out a way to get in, but it was pretty (laughs) funny. So I want to talk about it. Somebody said, I sure wish Survivor would post the players astrology signs. So those of us that use astrology could play along from that angle. Was his name Flax Flossen? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Also, happy early birthday to Brian. Congratulations. That's right. Happy birthday, and also, Brian. Congratulations on Survivor entering its 18th year yes. on the airwaves. Congratulations, so Survivor. You can legally drink in Canada, which is the origin of that poster. Also, no one spoil the person who is trying to talk to Eric. He's going to be back October 4th, guys. Okay, so just He's going to miss the first no episode, spoiling. so please don't let That's him right. know who's the first one out. That's right. Somebody was also asking if they could buy or rent challenges like the maze holes of season 32, episode three. Uh, The Survivor Facebook page was a lot of fun. And hopefully there are a lot of maze holes on Facebook. (laughs) And hopefully we'll have many opportunities to dive down the maze holes and continue to explore (laughs) casual corner. Uh, Here's another segment that we're hoping to do every week. It's admittedly a little bit of a take on the DQ award from the fantastic Survivor Australia coverage that Nikki Dance is doing on the Noah Dawes. It is called the Confishy uh, in honor of the best confessional of the week. Now, this one's a little tough. It's preseason. We don't have confessionals, but uh, I, I sort of fudged things a little bit and I decided to take audio from uh, the Meet the Players videos and Jeff Probst's cast assessments, uh, which were all on the CBS YouTube page. So again, some slim pickings here, but I feel like we could uh, talk about some sound clips and hopefully we'll have more to discuss as the season progresses. Are you ready for some sound clips? I'm ready. Woo! All right. Uh, let's bring up the first one, Rob, if you can do that. So this one's a this one. I don't I don't know if this one will actually be in contention because we're going to pick one. Uh, but I thought this was a little bit of a fun clip. This is Patrick talking about how Survivor might be the most adventurous thing he's done in his life. This will be, I would say, probably my most adventurous thing. I mean, I've uh, caught and had a pet rattlesnake for a while. That was pretty adventurous. So, okay. which is more adventurous, a rattlesnake or going on Survivor? <laughs> well, did he hold the rattlesnake? I mean, he. Ca- I mean, you just didn't have to at some point in order to domesticate one. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? I'm just imagining him putting little hats on it. I don't know why that <laughs> popped into my brain. Wow, that'd be so cute. Much like the snake, Patrick Bolton also uh, molts his skin every couple of days. <laughs> This animal's like me. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you know they say that people get d- dogs that look like them. That's just what Patrick was doing. He got an animal that he thought best represented him. Now, Patrick and his pa- Patrick and his brother do have a moving company. Do we think that the snake might be the mascot of the moving company? 
<laughs> possible. Bad PR move, I think. <laughs> yes. Uh, was it actually a snake or was it just something with snake-like tendencies? Yes, that's true. We can never know. He was speaking in such riddles. We can never truly know uh, whether he can bounce the ball back on that comment. Uh, the next one up for contention for the... For witness of false... For witness of false... <laughs> Oh boy. The the next one we have up for the confishy is actually about a contestant. Uh, in Jeff Probe's cast assessment, we have we have talked about the turtleneck in length over the course of this podcast. Jeff does as well, and he gets very particularly excited about Ryan's turtleneck. He's the first person in 35 seasons to choose to wear a turtleneck on Survivor, a show that takes place in a hundred degrees in Fiji. He's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I I really when you're like thinking about things that are cool and what makes you awesome, I really didn't think turtlenecks was at the top of that list. We're just getting we're getting into the mind frame of what Jeff Probst thinks is cool. I mean, we saw his uh his demo video a couple of months back where he was dressed up like John Travolta. So I think it's clear that, you know, he might not necessarily have his pulse on the most fashionable scene. So you could just go and cosplay into Survivor auditions and then they'll say, oh, this guy uh, that he is uh, wearing a uh, a I don't know. What would what would you wear to get on Survivor next? <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. a parka. Right. Like, oh, yeah, we need the epulets guy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. man. A parka or as we like to call it around here, a Rorka. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait until Aurora Borealis comes about. I love the Northern Lights. <laughs> I think we're just expounding all the possible puns we can make out of Rourke's name in the course of one podcast. We're really not doing ourselves any favors for the next 13 weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Let's like get this out of our system now. Yeah. And if this is any indication, uh, we are out. <laughs> yeah. no, we, have, we have been grasping at straws since the get-go. <laughs> Uh, all right, the final one we have a contention for the preseason confishy. It's been talked about a bunch, but it's such a unique story. Here is Dr. Mike and his Survivor Hall Pass. We're like a Survivor family. We actually named my second kid after Ethan, the third season winner of Survivor. Originally, I lived in New York City on 23rd and 3rd when I was doing my residency. I was just married, and everybody has a hall pass, right? My hall pass was Sarah Michelle Geller, but my wife's hall pass was Ethan from Survivor. The thing was, though, Ethan lived on, like, 20th and 1st, and I lived on 23rd and 3rd, which meant that I saw Ethan once a week. And then, you know, a few years later, we named our kid Ethan from Survivor. I sort of just am happy that he looks like me. This story gets me every time, not just because of the acknowledgement of Ethan as a winner, but this might be the first Survivor contestant to accuse himself of being a cuckold. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's not the weirdest thing in the world uh, that uh, Nicole actually has given me a Cindy Hall pass, uh, which means that there's any car I see, there's one particular car that I, I can drive it. I can drive my car and go wherever I want. My number with that one car, one specific car. Now, can you trade in that Cindy Hall pass in and four other people get Cindy Hall passes instead? <laughs> yes. Yes. They get Mindy Hall. Passes. Oh, go, oh boy. The much better upgrade that comes with Brent Michaels in the front seat. Oh, God. If this van's a rockin'. <laughs> well, is is that the van that uh, Cole is gonna buy yes. when he wins Survivor? The, the van is a rockin'. It means Cole's getting up. 
<laughs> oh boy all right so we have three to decide between here for this week's confishy we've got patrick and the rattlesnake jeff <laughs> jeff's love for ryan's turtleneck and dr mike's survivor hall pass story liana which of the three are you gonna pick oh man i gotta vote for uh the turtleneck one i love jeff at the end of that <laughs> all right rob what about you yeah, I'm in on the turtleneck also that Jeff is way too excitable about turtlenecks. All right, let's make it a hat trick or a neck trick as it will. Congratulations, Jeff Probst proxy Ryan Ulrich. You have won the first ever Confishy, uh, the confessional award for the week. And to finish things off here on the Survivor RHAP B&B, uh, I thought we make things fun by bringing in a question of the week. Now, basically what's going to happen is we're going to throw this question out and what you guys are going to do is give us your answer uh, by using the hashtag RHAP B&B to myself, Liana, the guest. Let us know your answer to this question. And then the next week, we'll read some of your answers on the podcast and see how you guys felt about this question overall over the course of the week. As a clarification on the hashtag, because symbols so the ampersand wouldn't count. So do RHAP B lowercase n B. B and B for sounding trendy. We're so cool. Yes, very. As you can tell from our hour-long Survivor podcast full of Rourke puns. Uh, so, <laughs> so let's get into our feedback. And B&B was the trendiest Survivor contestant in Borneo. <laughs> Trendy at uh, washing clothes, yes. <laughs> Laund- I have shirts with pictures of my family on there, yeah, just, so I'm ready to Just go. like that laundromat that has Rob's signed picture hung up on it. <laughs> so let's get yeah. to our question of the week here. In lieu of Mike's confessional about a survivor hall pass we're gonna make this pg and clean we don't want to be like the ashley madison of survivor podcast and get people in trouble with their significant others uh who would be your survivor hall pass someone that you would want to uh, sit down and have a dinner with can be any contestant in survivor history who would you want to sit down and have dinner with and why now rob we're not gonna see you next week do you have an answer right now for who would be your survivor hall pass but Condition for you, it cannot be someone that you have actually had dinner with before in terms of previous Survivor contestants. So this would be more of a mess hall pass? Yes, I love that. A mess hall pass. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I would love to have a dinner with Jonas. Okay, so he could make sushi for you? Yeah, that'd be delicious. Uh, I mean, in terms of a uh, conversation, though... uh, Boy, uh, I don't know. And I can't just like pick like uh, Steven or something. No, like it's that. Got, it can't. You can't be someone that you've already had <laughs> like, dinner with. I guess I can't be anybody that, that I've eaten a meal with. Boy, well, now I got to be uh, very specific. Uh, I will say in terms of somebody that I would love to uh, chat with that I've never had the chance to. Um, I will go with uh, Tom Westman. Ooh, that's a good Thanks. one. I've eaten a lot of meals with people that I've wanted to eat meals with. Mm-hmm. Are you going to point? Are you going to tune on Truck 108 on the radio as you eat with them? <laughs> yes, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, we'd love to hear from you guys about what your Survivor Mess Hall Pass would be. So, as we mentioned before, uh, make sure you, you sound off to us on social media. Use the hashtag RHAPBN, the letter N. 
be uh and make sure you if you're tweeting at us you include us all in your tweets as well liana is at liana boris l-i-a-n-a-b-o-r-a-a-s rob is at rob sesternino i am at a mike bloom type if you're a rob has a podcast patron you can also uh, respond to the podcast thread in there we're going to be calling together a bunch of responses throughout the week and uh, pull the, the highlights and read them on with our podcast next week and by the way next week we'll have another fantastic guest to talk about the premiere episode of survivor 35 with us jordan Parhar is going to come back to reality TV wrap ups to talk about the premiere of Survivor Heroes versus Healers versus Hustlers. That being said, in terms of responding back to us, we'd love to hear your guys' feedback about this show. Obviously, this is something that's very new, very in the works. We would love to hear your guys' ideas for games, for segments, uh, ideas you have about what names, how we'd like to like things to run. We are open to any and all suggestions that may come our way, more or less Rourke puns, hopefully more. Uh, our <laughs> Our, our our comment box is open to hear your reception towards this podcast, but I don't know about you guys. I had a lot of fun in this initial inception. I really enjoyed my stay at the B and B. Yes, uh, thank you guys very much for having me on the first show. I uh, really had a great time chatting with you both, but I'm really excited to listen to any podcast that you guys are ever on, and I'm you know really glad that this idea came together, and I can't wait to see uh, what your beautiful minds come up with this season. It's going to be very fun. Did you cry, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not yet. All right. Oh, okay. Success. This is a successful Success. podcast. Uh, Rob, <laughs> what are you working on in terms of the end of the off season and moving into the survivor season? If people don't know already. Oh, we've got a lot still to go. I've got one more of the interviews that Josh Wiggler has uh, to go. We have uh, Corinne Kaplan coming through Monday night to uh, talk with us about what's in her binder for this season. So there's still uh, another first one out episode of Survivor. Uh, my Big Brother interviews uh, from the finale. It just got posted. So uh, a lot going on here between now and the start of Survivor 35. And you can also check out the stuff that I'm doing uh, with Parade. I just finished, as Rob did as well, covering uh, interviews with Big Brother 19. I'm going to start covering Survivor 35 exit interviews uh, starting, obviously, uh, next week. I was also on the Noah Dawes this past week with uh, Nick Yudanza talking about three episodes of, of Australian Survivor, the, the Merge episodes, which won't spoil too much, but it might have one of the best Survivor episodes that I have seen in years within that. So I had a lot of fun talking with Nick about that. I'll also be for those of you that are on reddit i'll be doing a, a preseason question and answer uh thread about survivor 35 on monday night with josh wiggler and gordon holmes some other members of the uh, survivor press hopefully we won't gang up on gordon about our mutual love of devin but who knows it's the internet anything is fair game but that's gonna do it for the rhap bnb this week again rob Thank you so much, Liana. Thank you, as always. This has been so much fun. I'm looking forward to many more stays in the B&B to come. We will talk to you next week with Jordan Parhar. But for now, take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>